Alright, so last week we talked about uh, lust, relationships, marriage, all that good stuff. From last week, what were some things that you remember, want to bring back up, things that stuck out to you, uh, things that you thought were important? Anything from last week before we keep going? Anything from last week? I wrote by Matthew 5, 6. I like how you said uh, he doesn't call you to perfection. He calls you to righteousness. Okay, that's very important. He doesn't call us to perfection. He calls us to righteousness. We don't have the right to say what righteousness looks like either. Does that make sense? Very cute. That's good, Kilian. Anything else from last week? Any key details? Anything? As an individual, having boundaries. Oh, okay. Having boundaries. The importance of having boundaries. Why is it important to have boundaries? We talked about a story last week, right? There was an individual who knew there was something that he probably shouldn't do. And then what was the phrase after that? Y'all remember? But he had a friend. Y'all remember that? And then after he spoke with that friend, he ended up doing uh, an action that he probably should never have done. But before it said, I know I shouldn't have done it. Okay? One of the reasons he didn't have a boundary set. Okay? Anything else? Any other details? Oh, that's very important. Not to lean on your own understanding, but to lean on God. That's very good. Anything else? Now, why is that important when it comes to relationships? Repeat that thing. Oh, it's very important to trust in the Lord and not lean on your own understanding, is what Allie said. Now, why is that important in relationships? Because God's supposed to be Yeah. That's right. And you know what? That's what, we, that's what we talked about last week. Why is it that we seem like we're the ones always doing the chasing? And in Scripture, it's always God who brought the spouse to the individual, right? It's very important. That's very good. Anything else? Good deal. Another thing we mentioned on what Ali said, talking about not leaning on our own understanding. And I said last week, some of the most important decisions that you're going to have to make in life, you're going to have to make them before you're old enough and wise enough to make them. Meaning if you talk to individuals who may be older, and if they were to go back in time, they'd probably say with a tear in their eye, I probably wouldn't have done the things that I did. But time has passed. So this is the time where you lean on the understanding of God's Word. And on top of that, something I thought was going to be cool tonight we're going to open up is I'm going to have a couple of parents who are going to speak before we even dive into the lesson. So if, if y'all don't mind, if, I don't know if Brother DJ, if you want to go first. Yeah. All right. So Brother DJ is going to go first, and then, uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll get going. So a couple of thoughts. I mean, uh, there's a lot of good takeaways from what James spoke about last week, a couple of things that, that stuck with me to, to talk about tonight is um, in regards to lust, refuse to accept it and eliminate the opportunity. So on the topic of refusing to accept it, so, you know, if, if we allow, if we get out of the will of God, we can quickly allow the devil to make our minds his playground, right? So there's things that in regards to lust, that if you're out of the will of God, and, and you're not taking a hard stand, like Gabe said, and James Daniel talked. If you don't have those boundaries, where you made a decision, you will allow things to creep into your mind that you never would have thought that you would have. So, you know, a couple couple thoughts there, but refusing to accept that, so refuse to to allow the impure thoughts to control your mind. So we're all human; we'll all go through things, and certainly, you know, the older you get, the more complex and things may get, but like James said, right now, as a youth, you're having to make decisions that will affect the rest of your life, but you're not really, from a, a mental capacity standpoint, maturity, really able to make those with a sound mind, outside of living in the will of God. So, God gave us His Word from the time we can understand it to the time we go to, to, to be with Him, right? So, it's for all of us. And I think if you get out of that will of God, get out of the Word of God, that's when the devil can really overtake your thoughts and allow some things to happen that you never would have thought. So the story of David. So what happened to David? David was on a rooftop. He saw Bathsheba. And he and he instantly, he wasn't where he was supposed to be, right? He was supposed to be at war. He wasn't. So he's already not in the place he's supposed to be. Then he sees. And he, he lets the, the sight of that control his mind and then what happens after that there's it goes from a thought to an action and that's how it progresses quickly with us if, if we don't allow ourselves to draw hard lines and when that thought hits your mind if, 
if you don't have a preset to where you, you consciously know that when that hits your mind, you're going you're gonna to pray and say, God, take this from me. This is not of you. Or whatever the prayer might be, um, I, I think that there's very easily things that can get out of hand in our minds. Um, but just like David, and, and like we talked about making decisions now that you're not really capable of making soundly, can affect your life. How did that affect David's life? What are the, the troubles and the, you know, the, the things he went through because of those decisions? It was, it was great. Um, and then the last thing, just eliminating the opportunity. So uh, we spoke a lot about this last week as well. So uh, don't allow yourself to be in a line of fire. Line of fire would be, you know, as I wrote it down, it could be a friend that you know is not a Christian that you really like him, her, but every time you're around them, they're looking at things that you know are not right. They're not building your life up. They're bringing you into situations where your mind is wandering places that it shouldn't be. Um, so the line of fire with a friend, a relationship, or how about a device? There's things that you all have to deal with that I never had to deal with when I was your age. So I'm 36. I'm not old, but uh, thank you. <laughs> but in the 20 years since I was sitting in this group, there's been a lot of changes. You all have phones right now that can look things up that I never could. So there's temptations, there's things out there that you have to make a, a hard stance on. I can't see everything that Cole has on his phone every day of the week. I have to trust that I've taught him, you know, and he knows how uh, very serious I am about the things that go through his phone. But there's opportunities for people to get astray in what they see and what they think and what they act on. That a lot of people like me, Miss Katie, we didn't have to deal with. So you have to make even a more conscious effort to be in the will of God, to to have that trigger when you start thinking those thoughts, and you start you know seeing that or you, that friend or that relationship starts going that way. You take that stand and you let God take over at that point. Because if you continue to let it go, you will end up in places again that you never would have thought you would. And it will affect you sometimes for the rest of your life. There's things you can't take back as it pertains to lust um, that are very serious. And, you know, my challenge, again, would be the, the refuse to accept it and eliminate the opportunity. Um, so what does the Bible say about, you know, if, if you're seeing things that you shouldn't see, it's it's a example. It says, well, pluck your eyes out. Could you rather go into heaven blind than let your eyes drag you into hell? That's paraphrasing. But the Bible is very serious about lust. It's very serious about, you know, the, the things that we deal with every day and how important they are. Um, so, you know, that that's, you know, what I would have to say and just the challenge that I throw up to you all day. Thank you, DJ. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, we can clap if you want to. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Cole, you want to you share your Sure. I was what I call a 
as Christian at that time because I was a Christian when I had a crisis in my life. Any other time, I was out living for me. I had a plan. This was what I wanted. All right, God, here it is. I need you to bless it for me. And it doesn't work that way. Um, pray about who you're supposed to be with. Divorce is not supposed to happen. And what God puts together, it says in the Bible, nobody can separate. So I just, you know, challenge y'all. Pray about now. Pray every day for the person God has for you. Divorce is hard on me. It was hard on my ex-husband. And I know it's been hard on my kids. Um, thankfully, Brandon came into my life when I least expected it. I was never going to date him. I've known him since I was 10. That was gross. That was just never, ever, never my plan. But looking back now, that was God's. So just, you know, stay in his will for your life. Sorry, kids. I'm sure I perished. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Cole. Yeah. All right, Miss Erica. Um, just a couple things. Um, DJ hit pretty hard on the sense. I won't that too bad but uh, one of the things that um, as you go forward in life um, just need to ask God for godly discernment what is discernment God God will give you his wisdom um, through making judgments and decisions in your own life he will give you that arrow yes or no and he will give it to you in your spirit if you ask him and if you're his um, some of the worst things in my life have come in the form of of people, what does God do? You know, He uses people in our life. They can be positive, they can be negative. Some of the best things in my life have become come through me in, in the form of people. Like the first time I met uh, a lady at Buildell Baptist Church, she walked up to me and said, "Do you know? Hey, Erica, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior?" And I was Catholic, and I was, I just came to that church, and I was like, "You yeah, sure?" You know, and I didn't yet, but that lady became my Sunday school teacher and she's just like the most godliest person I know. It has major impact on my life, especially through the hard times in my life. And I've had so many, many hard times. Um, so you got negative things, positive things with people. So you have to have that discernment that, you know, arrow, which way is it going to go? What are you telling me, God? You have to have that, okay, I'm not going to talk about getting caught up in sin. But, um, you know, and when you don't know, and you do maybe mess up a little bit, you know, playing with sin or the thought of sin, you know, allow God, the Word of God to confront you. Um, let it separate your thoughts from your behavior. God, what are you telling me right now? Is it a yes or is it a no? Um, so I believe y'all with 1 John 2, 15 and 16, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And I don't mean to be negatively talking, speaking, but um, turn those negatives into prayers. You know, some of the, 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 some of the most beautiful things in life are completely free. You know, of course we know it's our salvation, but to know that somebody's praying for you, or to not know that somebody's praying for you, and they're actually on their knees praying for you, is one of the most beautiful things that you could ever do for somebody, or somebody could ever do for you. So, thank, you. thank you, Ms. Erica. All right, good, did y'all like that little treat? Was that a little different? That's really cool. I uh, appreciate each, each one of y'all for sharing. I know that's difficult. But I definitely think God got the glory for that. And y'all got to hear it from a whole lot of different perspectives. You know, that was three different people who grew up and were raised in three different ways. And they all had the same common thing. The seriousness of sin, the seriousness of decisions, and honor God with your life. You'll never regret it. Those three big things, they did an excellent job. I'm so thankful they did that. If y'all want to clap for them one more time, we can. All right, so here we go. So Miss Erica hit something that I kind of want to, kind of want to go with at the very beginning. And it's this question. Are you scared of what God's Word says about relationships? Are you really scared about what God's Word says about relationships? Do you believe that after you gave your life to Christ that your life is now whose? His life. And if it's His life, do you believe 
that your life should be according to His will and His design. Y'all believe that to be true? And if that's the case, what does God's Word say about dating, courtship, and marriage? What does God's Word say about it? See, when you talk about Christian relationships with young people, it's one of those most interesting topics people love to hear, but at the same time, they kind of don't want to hear it. And then the whole time you're sitting there, you're almost sitting there the whole time, because I've, I've been in the same situation you guys have, and you're sitting there and you're kind of hoping, man, this is some good information, but I hope he doesn't hit that one thing I know where I'm slipping at. Because I know if I got real with myself, because God's word is true, His Holy Spirit will always chase after me, I actually know what needs to be given up, what needs to be taken over, what needs to be surrendered. But here's the point. I don't want to open God's word and have to respond to it. So just like the devil in the garden, we we deal with half-truths, we deal with these half-lies, we believe we do some things half-good, half-decent, that we can overcompensate for the areas that we're not willing to surrender yet. So when it comes to the issue of relationships, are you scared of what God's word says about it? Going off of what we talked about last week in Matthew chapter 5. Who wants, let's, who wants, you know, let's get some verses in from last week. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 27. Is that good for y'all? Grace, you want to hit us with verse number 27? Here we go. From last week. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Kate, Kate, take us away. Here we go. 527. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Alright. Verse number 28. Little Cole. But I tell you that anyone who looks a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Alright, so what Jesus does, he says, you heard of old, you've heard the old messages, you have an old preconceived notion on what thou shalt not commit adultery looks like. Well, I'm about to tell you what that means. That means anytime you've had an impure thought, a lustful thought, you have already committed adultery. What he was basically saying is the law was there in such a way to show you that you missed the mark, you sinned, you failed here. You keep saying, well, at least I didn't commit adultery, but your mind thinks perverted, deluded, deceitfully towards other people. Lustfully. And he says, look, you've already committed adultery. And then when we talked about last week, we said everyone in this room has already lusted one time, right? Because the thought. You can't escape that thought, right? So here we go. So verse number uh, 29, and then we're going to get rolling. Joey on his with it. This is the seriousness that Jesus had towards the sin of lust. Here we go. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. In verse number 30. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. When it comes to the area of lust, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, one of his first huge sermons, says, hey, if you cannot control your eyes, it's better for you to pluck it out and go to heaven than to continue lusting and go to hell. Y'all following with me? But a lot of times we think we have that special space in our mind that no one knows about, that no one knows what we're thinking. And then here's the thing, too. You, you, you might even be in a relationship, and you, and you think, well, it's okay because they're my boyfriend or girlfriend. They're not your spouse. You following with me? Very important. So a couple of things uh, from last week that we're going to hit, and then we're going to get really going. Last week we talked about a certain situation, right, with Ruth. And what we were getting at was this, establishing... My house, your house, before you even start talking about what? Our house. This is very important. So what we're getting at when we talk about this is you have to understand where you stand alone in your own boundaries with God and God alone, what you stand for, and you have to be willing and open to share that with everyone you're involved with. And that involves and includes your potential boyfriend, girlfriends, current boyfriend, girlfriends, potential future husbands and wives, that applies to every single one of them. But the problem is there are Christians that have zero boundaries. There's Christians that have zero idea of what it looks like to date in God's will. And on top of that, we keep picking and choosing and then asking God to bless. Y'all following with me? That's where we're getting at. That understanding of you have to understand what my house stands for way before it becomes our house. And the problem whenever you don't establish my house, 
is this. When you go to seek guidance, when you go to seek advice, what ends up happening is you go and find advice, you go and find that guidance from people that are going to say something that you want to hear so you can continue doing what you want to do. You can be in a, in, a, in, a, in a carnal relationship, a relationship that deals with lust, and your mom and dad might be fine with it. And you're saying, well, mom and dad's fine with it. It's okay. Y'all following with me? Because you've yet to establish my house. You've yet to establish what you stand for. That's very important. And then, according, last thing before we keep going, I just want to clear up one more thing. Sorry, we just got, there's just so much with this, y'all. It's so riddled throughout scriptures, this, this topic. Y'all need to understand this. One, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. I'm unqualified to teach this material. I was unqualified to be a youth minister. Okay? But I also was unqualified to be saved by the grace of God. And I'm not going to let my unqualifications stop me from teaching what God's Word says about it. So when you walk away from tonight, you're going to know what God's Word says about relationships and not what James Daniel believes you should and shouldn't do. You following with me? You should never walk away from here saying, well, James said I should do this. James said I should do that. Please don't say that out of your mouth. You need to say, well, God's Word says and God's Word shows this is how it needs to look like. This is what it looks like. Y'all following with me? And according to that, love you very much because uh, tonight's definitely going to be one of those difficult topics. Establishing my house before it's our house. How do you do that? Can someone help you hit me with some different things? What does it mean to establish your house before it's our house? Set boundaries. Individually grow with the Lord. Okay, two great things. All right, so set boundaries. What about setting boundaries? What's, what's so important about setting boundaries? What, what makes it so important? Because it shows your limits. Okay, all right, so it shows, listen, hey, from day one, we are not going past here. This is what I stand for. This is what I believe. This is what I believe to hold is true. Day one. All right, very good. Uh, what did you say about growing individually? Growing individually. Okay, so good. Two good things. Anything else about it? What about establishing my house? What are some other things you need to do? Anything else? Okay, good. Now with those things being said, have any of y'all ever done that? Have any of y'all ever had to have a conversation with a significant other potential boyfriend, girlfriend, and actually said, listen, this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. I'm going to be very clear with you right now. You are not my husband. You're not my wife yet. And I've got to grow on the individual level. And if you get in the way, you're going away. But you know what we do? It's because we chased after them. We desired a, 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 a part of them that was not godly. We followed our own man-made desires. And so all of a sudden, when we all of a sudden have to start drawing lines on, on God's desires, God's ways, we're like, well... She'll eventually get on fire for the Lord, I promise you. I'll, I'll, I'll win her over, and, and, and my fire will, will catch her fire on fire, and then, and then we're going to be like the, the best team ever, I promise you. But, but we've got to catch. And, and listen, I know, I know they're not perfect. I know they're not where they need to be. But listen, they're going to get there. Hey, if God called you out of sin and then said, listen, I want God's will for your life, it is never God's will for you to pick and choose relationships that involve you being outside of God's will. You following with me? That's very, very clear. At no point whatsoever should you be with someone who is outside of God's will. You are dating. You're a boyfriend and girlfriend. Your friendship, courtship. There are no strings attached. You realize that. You do realize you can walk away today if you wanted to. But here's the problem. You don't want to because we get to the root of the problem. You actually chase after him for a man-made desire. Because when you get real with God, God says, listen, I don't stand for it. Walk away. Are you following with me? I know it kind of sounds tough. But you know what's very interesting on top of that? By point number two, we're going to go ahead and hit with it. Your significant other, whoever you, do, whoever you believe you decide the date whatsoever, will never be at the expense of your witness or testimony. The significant other that God has for you will never be at the expense of your testimony and witness. And here's the thing. When you are in a relationship with someone who's not on fire for the Lord, you lost your testimony. You have no witness. Show me the Christian that's on fire for the Lord and I'll show you the significant other that's bringing them down. Hey, I went to college. Was a part of BCM. Saw it all the time. On fire Christian. Got in a relationship. Stopped inviting people. Showed up together. Only went to events by themselves, but together. Went on dates together. Hey, when Adam, when God presented Eve to Adam... 
Adam, it didn't derail him from his will and his, his design that God had for Adam. He continued going with it. All the people that God brings when it comes to spouses in the Bible, they always stay on God's will and his path for them. Do you follow with me? So when we talk about a significant other, if it causes you to lose your witness and you continue to stay with them, you continue to pursue after them, you continue to lust after them, you continue to do all those things, God forbid God's not blessing you. Stop saying you're in God's will. You follow with me? That's kind of tough. That's cut and dry. But guess what? That's what the Word of God says about it. And I can, what I'm going to end up doing is on Instagram, I'm going to post every single scripture that I reference, every single one. It's going to be hard to go through all of them. But you're going to see all of them. Okay, so that's very important. Your significant other should never be at the expense of your witness or testimony. Who's got Matthew 5, 6, 33? Is this making sense? Y'all following along? Y'all good? All right, good deal. I know, I know this, this subject is tough. Matthew 5, uh, 6, 33. Who's got that one? got that one. All right, take us away, Elise. Um, seek the kingdom of God, God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Wow, okay, so Kiliana said that we're called to live what? Righteously at the beginning of it. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek ye what? Seek ye the kingdom. What? What's before it? First. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So here we go. Your significant other, that's what I'm talking about, should never cause you to lose your witness. It never supersedes your seeking after God's will, God's kingdom, God's design. So when you are involved in a relationship or you're chasing after individuals that will cause you to lose your witness, will cause you to hinder you pulling people and pushing people to the kingdom of God, it is not God's will whatsoever. Y'all following with me? It's impossible. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. And all these things shall be added unto you. What does that mean? All these things shall be added unto you. What does that mean? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What does that mean? This is the part that's amazing, y'all. When you're in God's will, He's always going to provide your needs. So if it's in God's design, God's desire for you to have a significant other. And you know what's amazing? Adam didn't say, I needed a wife. God said, it's not good that man should be alone. God knows your desires long term. and You only have the desires short term. And here's the part that's crazy. We only chase after the short term. And God has a long term plan for us. Here's the part that's important. When you seek ye first the kingdom of God, if it's in God's will for you to have a significant other, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get the significant other that God had for you. Are you following with me? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So it should never supersede that. Now, who's got um, 2 Corinthians 6.14? Who's got that one? Me. All right, take us away. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Okay, this is very good. So it's talking about unequally yoked. Very good. It's very commonly spoken about when we talk about marriage, even in the, in the topic, in the context of what it was talking about. It was talking about foreign gods and the real true God not interacting. Here's what's getting at when we talk about unequally yoked. When you say you're in a relationship or you're chasing after someone and they are not on fire for the Lord and they say they're a Christian, here's the catch. They're typically a Christian. They're typically decent. They're typically somewhat desirable at first glance. But then let me introduce you to the apple and what did Eve say? I looked at it. I desired it. But guess what? It was not for God's glory and her good to eat the apple. But guess what Eve said? I saw it. I desired it. I take it. Well, what I'm getting at is this. The devil is not going to give you the worst possible girlfriend or boyfriend. What's going to end up happening is the devil's going to present someone who is decent just to get you to slip a little. Because guess what it takes to get out of God's will? Like very little. So very, very little. So the, the wiggle room of error is slim. You following with me? It's very, very slim and it's very, very tough because all of a sudden, whenever we get in relationships, we become the best grace givers ever. We become the best forgivers ever. Have you ever noticed that? All of a sudden in relationships, you know, you'll have an individual who will take your pen in class and you're like, that guy's a jerk. I'm never going to talk to him again. He took my pencil out of my bag. And all of a sudden you have a boyfriend or girlfriend that causes you to sin and God says it's better for your eye to be plucked down, your arm to be cut off than to go into hell. Then... Then for you to lust. But yet when it comes to boyfriend or girlfriend, we're like, it's okay. I'm st- it's okay. We'll just start over. Y'all, are y'all, is, is this crazy talk? Have y'all ever noticed that? What are you the most forgiving? Is it with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Y'all following with me? Very important stuff. 
Alright, so that's what we're getting at. Next one, we're going to go to Genesis 29, 21. Another topic. It should never be at the expense. Alright, so first one. First rules first. Hey, you have to establish my house way before it's our house. That means establishing your rules, your boundaries, where you stand alone. Allie hit it very key. At an individual level, you are at a specific time-sensitive area of your life where you are called to respond on an individual level to know God's will for your life, and yet you taint it and you mess it up chasing after guys and girls. And here's the part that's crazy. Most guys and girls in high school, 99.9% of them, aren't ready to leave their mom and dad. And God said in Genesis, when it comes to marriage, you shall leave your mom and dad and cleave to your wife. And how many of y'all, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna raise my hand too, had a crush in high school? Chased, someone, chased after someone in high school? I didn't have a nickel to my name. What was I doing? You following with me? Hey, looking back, looking back, I'm just gonna be as honest as I can. I was an idiot. I was an idiot every time I stepped out of God's will, because I knew better. Alright, here we go. So, who's got Genesis 9, chapter 29, 21? Who's got that? Alright, good. Alright, so now we're going to hit with this next, next topic, next, next uh, I guess, title. The eyes and your inward desires are the exact same as your actions. We talked about that in Matthew also, but here we're going to see some different instances. Who's got the Genesis 29? Mm-hmm. Takes away Julie. Then, Laban, then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. Alright, so what ends up happening is Jacob works seven years to get a wife, and all of a sudden, even before they walk the aisle, Jacob, talking to his future father-in-law, says, Give me my wife. Here's a fact that you have to understand. Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, potential boyfriend and girlfriend, is not your husband and not your wife. You have not walked the aisle. You have not made the covenant with God. Stop treating them like it. Well, James, I thought we've been told this whole time. Date with the intent of marriage. Yeah, that's right. And you know what's crazy? Date with the intent of marriage is chased after a man who deals with sin. Chased after a woman who deals with sin. Not someone that helps you sin or subtly makes you sin or just causes your mind to slip a little bit or tells you, hey, you know, maybe that's not that big of a deal. Y'all following with me? Very important. Very important. All right, so that's it. So understanding that, who's got Job 31.1? This is good. Sorry, we're going fast. Take us away. Zoe, this is really good. This is what Job said. Now, Job stood blameless and righteous in front of who? The Lord, right? And we are called to live what lives, Gillian? Righteous lives, which is not perfect. It is not perfect whatsoever. And here's the part that's crazy. You will slip and you will fail. You will slip and you will fail. But here's the thing. Stop giving the grace to sin. Stop giving the boundaries over to sin and start surrendering it to God. You following with me? You will slip. You will make mistakes. There's no temptation that's new under the sun. You will have another thought that will creep in your mind. But guess what? When that thought enters your mind, shoot it out. Don't go there. Y'all following with me? You can't entertain sin and expect to be right with God. So here we go. Zoe's going to tell us what Job says in Job 31.1. What does it say? I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. Alright, so that's really cool. So Job says, I made a covenant... With my eyes not to look what? Lustfully. 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 Job made a covenant with his eyes not to look lustfully upon a woman. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Have you made any covenants to the Lord when it comes to your relationships? Have you made any covenants to the Lord when it comes to your relationship? Y'all following with me? I'm going to tie in a couple of things with my house and, and this also, covenants. Making a stand. When we talk about making a stand and we talk about living for the Lord, we're not talking about going out and, and, and finding fights. You remember we talked about that? It's just talking about responding to where God says, this is where I need you to be, this is what I need you to do to grow. Grow there and along the process of sanctification you will be persecuted. Y'all following with me? I'm going to hit y'all with a little bit of... Something personal on me. Y'all know I don't share much personal stuff whatsoever. That's just how I am. So I'm going to share a little bit personal with this. But I think it's going to be really cool when it talks about covenants, right? It talks about making those, those types of stands. We talked about establishing my house before our house. And I'm not going to sit here and try and lie to you and tell you ever since I was 14, I was living on fire for the Lord. You know, everything was hunky-dory and great. There are distinct periods 
where I actively and noticeably stepped out of God's will. Okay? I'll make that very, very clear. Stepped out of God's will. With that being said, I remember going to the same church camp that you went to. And it just so happened, my brother-in-law was one of the ones who went. And the guy went up there and he, and he preached some message. And he ended up saying, listen, you know, who's going to start making covenants with their eyes? He's like, you know, have your male leaders, whoever took you here, um, you know, go up forward, shake them and tell them you've made a covenant that you won't, you know, look upon a woman or the women would talk to the girl and tell them, you know, just shake your hand and say, look, I'm making this vow. And the part that was frustrating is he was like, now don't make it if you don't plan on keeping it kind of deal. Well, I mean, everyone's going forward. Who's not going to go, right? Because then if you're the one sitting there, who's going to talk to you right after? Hey, you know, you must be dealing with that sin here, right? So just like, just like always, just like when I was living outside of God's will, I played the game. I played the cards. I went and I can tell you the exact moment. I shook his hand and I knew a week or two later I would not keep it. And I knew it as I was shaking his hand that I wasn't going to keep it. You know, follow what I'm trying to say? Long story short, there was time. That wasn't the last time I, I didn't lust, okay? So I shook that hand, but here's the part that changed. After that happened, every time I stumbled, I kept seeing my stupid brother-in-law's face grinning at me as I shook his hand and I told him, I'm not going to do it again. I surrender it to God. Okay? So you're right saying, well, James, well, it didn't count. You've made a vow there and you broke it. Well, guess what? There came a time where I was in my room and I said, you know what, God? I'm tired of playing the game. I give it up. It's over. No more. Can I tell you from that, I can actually tell you from that point forward, I have not looked upon a woman lustfully. Are you following with what I'm trying to say? And it's not like that possibility has not slipped in. It's not like there's been times where it's possibly gotten close. Y'all following with what I'm trying to say? But here's the part that's key. I said, you know what? For James, I am serious, God, about following your will. I know what it's like when I'm in it, and it is great, and it is wonderful. And I know once I step out of it, what's crazy is it, it kind of seems decent, and it's okay. And then all of a sudden when you're out of it, you're like, dang, this is terrible. I'm miserable. There are moments where you're like, man, I'm on top of the world. And yet I always think about the devil taking Jesus up to the top of the mountain and saying, all this can be yours. How many times have I been on the top of that mountain and been like, this is great. Y'all following with me? So I made that covenant. I want to make something very, very clear with you guys. Well, I've been been here a while. and None of y'all really haven't ever seen me. uh, You've really been in a relationship. I mean, can y'all be honest with me? Uh, So... I want to make something very, very clear because I definitely think if, if it's in God's will for me to have a spouse, I want to make something very, very clear to you guys. And this is this. I've made a covenant with God and you guys are going to know it and you might call me crazy. But here's the part that I understand. I am weak and there is no temptation that is new to man and I am not no better than any of you guys. So I made a vow that guess what? And this part that's going to be really cool. And it kind of makes me a little bit like teary when I think about it. Because I always think about that time like, you know, when God does present to me the one he had for me and knew better for me than I ever could know for myself, even though I thought I wanted that. But I think about that beautiful moment. You know what's beautiful about that moment? It's going to be the hugest wedding ever because you guys are going to be there. Okay? You guys are going to be there. And here's the part that I want y'all to be very clear. You guys will see for the first time me kiss my wife. So I'm not going to kiss her when she's not my wife. You might be saying, James, are you trying to tell me I can't kiss my significant other? No, not no whatsoever. But for me and my house, my sanctification, I know where my, go- my mind goes when I start involving myself in activities that are only ordained for my wife. So you know what? Finally I said, you know what, God? Because I knew I needed to do it for a long time, a very long time, and I never would give it up. I said, you know what? Finally, God, this is the take. I'm not going to do that. 
So as you guys, as my, as my witness, you will see if God ordains it for me to have a wife, kiss my wife for the first time. And you know what's going to be crazy? The whole time we're in that courtship or dating period, not a single one of y'all will be able to say, I wonder what he does when they're alone. Are you following what I'm trying to say? Because guess what? I'm not going to let my significant other be at the expense of my witness. Are you following with me? So you're going to have no doubt whatsoever during that time period when we are together, when we're not married, that you're going to have to question and think, I wonder what they do when they're alone. Y'all following with me? That's very, very key. So I want y'all to understand that. Very important. I want y'all to understand that covenant. And I want to ask you guys this. What covenants have you made? What stands have you really made for the Lord? I mean, I can't be that only one that growing up I knew what needed to be given up, but I kept hold. Like I always knew what needed to be given up. And even when I talk to a lot of you guys when you're struggling in different areas, a lot of times y'all actually verbalize to me, I, I know what, I actually know what needs to be done. Y'all following what I'm trying to say? As a born-again believer, we know what needs to be done. We just won't want to surrender it. All right, good. So one of the other things I wanted to hit with is that same topic, making a covenant, making a vow. What covenants, what vows have you made? And I kind of wanted to give you all a little bit of a... God, time just slips. It's so annoying. I kind of wanted to give you all a little bit of a something to do. I want you to do it completely on your own. Like I said, I shook, that, I shook my brother-in-law's hand and I can remember every time I slipped and every time I was thinking about that time. What I wanted, wanted you guys to do is this. On your own time, I would prefer tonight if, if, if you feel led or another time, I want you to turn your phone off. I want you to not think about anyone else. I want you to think about you and your relationship with God. And I want you to take a piece of paper out and with a pen, write down the covenants and vows that you are going to make to the Lord when it comes to relationships. And you might be saying, James, well, what's the big deal? You know, who's going to know I follow that whatsoever? What do you want me to present it to you? No, I don't, I don't care. But what I do think is amazing is this. You write those things down, and it might be a, a sweet moment for you. Just you and God. And you say, God, all right, this is yours now. God, this is yours now. God, this is yours now. And what I want you to do is when you write that letter, when you write those things down, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to your mom and dad. And can I tell you, it, it, might, it might actually be a little emotional. It really might. Because there's only two great things that can happen from that. One, you might have parents who aren't on fire for the Lord or parents that aren't saved. And let me tell you something. When you go to them and you present this, and you say, Mom, Dad, can you hold me accountable? Because I care about my relationship with God more than this. Have them sign it. Hug them. You know, I went back and told my parents I'm sorry for all the times I stepped out of the guidance that they had. Did y'all know that? What I'm trying to say is this. If you don't have vows, you don't have covenants, you don't have boundaries, you don't have God. Bless you. Y'all following with me? Good, very important. So you write that thing down. And then you're also saying this. This is the part that's going to be crazy too. I'm saying, well, James, what happens if my parents you know, do understand everything and, and whatsoever and, and they're fine with what we write it down? Oh, hey, guess what? No parent's going to be upset with you writing vows and covenants that you made to the Lord. Y'all following with me? The only thing it can do is give God glory. Y'all following with me? So when you get home, please do that best you can. And look, I don't have to see it, but I do think it'd be, it has a witness and a testimony to your parents and actually ask them to hold you accountable. Y'all following with me? Good deal. Is that crazy? Uh, maybe. All right. Genesis 24. Is that Genesis 24? All right, take a step. Now Isaac was returning from Bear Lyroy, where he was living in the Negev region. In the early evening, Isaac went out to walk in the field, and looking up, he saw camels coming. Rebecca looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? The servant answered, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. Okay, good. So what we get to see here is... That's Genesis 24, verses 62 through 65. What ends up happening is 
Isaac is getting a wife. They went to go search a wife of like kind, of like status, of one that was in a relationship with God, just like Isaac. And when I, well, the part that's crazy is Isaac was in the field doing what? He was praying. And then who was presented to it? I believe it's Rebecca, right? Rebecca was presented. Now, there's a couple of key things that are very, very cool. One, what Isaac was doing when Rebecca was presented to her. He was in the field praying, which is really cool when you think about it. If you're not praying for your significant other, if you're not praying for your future spouse, I hope you never get one. Because it won't be God's will. Are you following what I'm trying to say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's being added to you if you didn't seek it? You following with me? It can't be from God. Alright, here we have cool key things here. So what's amazing is Rebecca ends up doing what? She covers herself. Now, now this is kind of like one of those areas where you're like, man, this is kind of unfortunate, but yeah, we're going to talk about it. It's that quick area of modesty, right? And I want to be very clear. When we talk about modesty when it comes to relationships... When we think of modesty as, as typical growing up Christians, we think of what I can't wear. You're thinking of modesty the wrong way. Modesty is what you present and what you show. Are you following with me? And you have one or two things that you can show. God or man? Heaven or the world? You following with me? So when we talk about the area of modesty, what do you present? And then, this is the part that's going to be crazy. When you think about the people that you're chasing after, what attracted you to them? Did it have anything to do with God? Well, he's sweet. He's kind. Really? You know they're sweet and kind drunks? Are you following with me? So when we think about modesty, what attracted you to the person that you chase after? And on top of that, what are you trying to present to attract the other person? And the part that's crazy is we already said that that really at this age, a lot of y'all really aren't suitable for a wife anyway because you can't, or a husband because you can't even financially support them whatsoever and you're not in that area where you can leave mom and dad and cleave to them and become one flesh the way that God designed. So what do you, I just don't know what you're trying to show off. Are you following what I'm trying to say? And the part that's going to be crazy is I want you all to follow along with this, and you've got to be very careful. Because you're saying, James, what are you talking about? You know, obviously we do things a little bit different because we're Christians, right? That's what we have to do. Well, listen, it says in Ephesians that we are children of wrath, children of the devil, follow our own flesh. And the part that's interesting, it says we follow the course of the world. So what you need to be very careful is this. As a born-again believer, you've got to be careful just drifting and following the course of the world. And the reason I'm saying that is this. If you look within the past ten years... One of the most booming industries has been gyms, public gyms. And you know what's crazy? You have older people that are saying, I can't believe someone would buy those clothes because it's barely any clothes. And you're not saying, well, James, are you trying to tell me what I can and can't wear? No, I'm not. But I am trying to tell you, hey, you're going to get what you attract. And I've talked to people in this room who've told me, James, I know when I walk out that door when I push the limit. Are you following what I'm trying to say? You might say, James, that's crazy. You ever been to a pool party in high school? Hey, you do realize you just saw other people's future husbands and wives in their undergarments, basically. But it's different because it's swimwear. Are you trying to follow what I'm trying to say? And it's like we're just so deceived and manipulated and we think, well, we can look at it over and over and over again, but guess what? Uh, It's okay because we're not doing anything. And Jesus says, if you look, it's the same as this. So all of a sudden when you go to bed at night, you've been at these pool parties all the time, and guess what? The person you sit in math class, you basically have seen naked, and all of a sudden you think when you're alone at night, you can't stop thinking about it, right? That's the part that's crazy, right? And I'm not saying you should go out there and dress in a, in, a, in a sack and look like a potato and walk around like this. I am not saying that whatsoever. You should be proud of the body that Jesus gave you and God designed for you. But at the same time, you have to understand it is dying and it is decaying. And guess what? If you attract your future spouse with your body, your looks, here's the part that's crazy. When you get 32 and you get 33, guess what? There's going to be another little girl that's a little cuter than you. 
Because you can't stop aging. And guess what, guys? You think you're all buff and whatever. You know what ends up happening? You ever seen the people older when they got the huge muscles? You ever seen them when they get older? They look like sag bags. Right? And all the time you hear the old ladies. Man, I just want a buff guy now. This guy over here, he's terrible. And these people have been lifting their whole life. And the part that's crazy is you get this, another booming industry is supplements. Right? We are always involved chasing the approval and the attraction of what we actually desire on the inside, and that is the satisfaction and the approval of how we look. And it's kind of sad. And I'm not saying that that doesn't play a factor and you shouldn't be uh, polishing yourself up and trying to present yourself in the best, best way possible, but it is never at the expense of derailing you or someone else from God's will. You all following with me? That's very important. Another key thing about that. If I, if I ever see you in public and you're, it was one of those days where you walked out of... And hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. Guys included, okay? <laughs> These shorts that are like here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all following with me? They're high. They're high. Again, I'm not trying to tell you what you should and shouldn't wear, but I want to be very clear. If I see you in public and it was one of those days, it was one of those days where you walked outside of the doors and you pushed the limit, I want to make something very, very clear right here and right now. I'm going to go say hey to you. I'm going to smile at you. And I'm going to love you unconditionally. I was never called to be the youth minister to judge you. I was called to love you where you're at and present truth and have God through the Holy Spirit design and work and mold you in the way that He wants you to be. So please, for goodness sakes, don't ever think I'm judging you for what you wear, who you're with, or what you're doing. But I will tell you this. I am on the sidelines, on my knees praying, God, move. Move. They don't understand what they're missing. They don't really understand. God, move and work. Because here's the part that's amazing. If you have a group of individuals, 50 to 70 of us, who literally get on fire for the Lord, I'm telling you, completely sell out whatsoever, I mean completely, there is nothing that can stop us. But the issue is we still kind of look like the world when we think about it. Y'all following with me? Very important. So then that's what we're talking about that with that modesty topic. And then who's got um, Genesis? I mean, not Genesis, another verse. First Peter 3, 3-4. Dang it, guys, I know we're running out of time. Is this good? Is this alright? Look, we, we've never talked about relationships on Wednesday nights. Last week was the first time. This was the other time. That's why we're trying to hit it. We won't be here forever. We're, we're going to keep going the way that we've always been going. But it was where we were at in Scripture. I think that's amazing. You've got to understand that. So if God's moving and showing you where you're at in your life, we've just been going through Matthew, and this is where we lined up. All right, so who's got those verses in First Peter? Yeah. All right, take us away. Your deeds should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and wearing gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Good. And what was that last little phrase? Or the last verse? Which is of great worth in God's sight. All right, good. So what is the thing that God says is of good worth when it comes to a woman? Or honestly, just apparel what you wear, guys included. What is it? The what? The inward self. The inward person. Alright, so now we're going to draw something really, really close here. and it's going to be tough. But if it's the inward person that God said is beautiful, that God said is desirable... When you think about the people you chase, the people you're dating, the people you might future, futurely date or whatsoever, if all you are is attracted to their outside, their kindness, their goodness, their you know, decency, their somewhat Christianity, here's the part that's going to be really, really crazy. At some point, when we talk about someone who's not on fire for the Lord, got a call? Duty calls. Overtime. <laughs> fight the good fight. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, good deal. All right, so we're talking about the, we're talking about the inside of the heart. We're talking about what that's to be desirable. When it comes to your significant other, future, potential, current, what is their inward heart? Do you even know their inward heart? And when I say inward heart, where do they place God in their life? 
And if they can't say, on fire, I know I'm in His will, I hate to say this, but they're not worth chasing, they're not worth wasting your time, and they're not worth being with. And you say, James, that's hard. And I don't doubt that you don't like them, that you might not potentially love them in a way and care for them. But God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And when you put anything in front of that, you are outside of His way. Y'all following with me? It's one of those phrases. I'll follow God's will as long as it doesn't break my heart. Do you know following God's will is going to mean breaking your heart? It's going to mean breaking your desires? It's going to be breaking the things that you thought you wanted? Because God's plans, God's desires are not yours. Are you willing for your heart to be broken? Are you following with me? Oh man, James, James is telling me I shouldn't chase after so-and-so and, and, I, and I should break up with so-and-so and I should do... No, I'm not saying that whatsoever. But I am going to make a tr- very clear line here. If you say you're in God's will and they are not, you are a fool for supersiding God's will and God's plans for your life at the expense of potentially catching them on fire and saving them. God forbid. What does unrighteousness and righteousness have in common? What does darkness and what does light have in common? Nothing. Hey, if you're married and they're not on fire for the Lord, that's a different story. But guess what? In this room, you are not married. Now follow what I'm trying to say. I know it's very difficult, right? But that is very, very true. It's all throughout Scripture. There's no deviation from that whatsoever. So then we're going to talk about Master. We're going to close out. Go to Ephesians. Close out. Sorry, I know it's been long, but if we did it next week, we'd lose all steam. All right, so go ahead and go to Ephesians. We'll close out. Anywhere got someone to be? Anywhere got someone got to go? Anywhere got to go? All right, we'll all flip to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll close out there. I know we kind of hit a lot of sub points and stuff, but we need to close out. We need to close out. Ah! Next week we'll do 20 minutes. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Is this all right? Does anyone need to go? I promise you guys. If you have, if you have mom, mom and dad. All right. All right, good, good. Okay, good, good. Hey, very clear. James is not telling you what you should and shouldn't wear. James is not telling you who you should and shouldn't date. But James is saying this. You should not step out of God's will knowingly. And if you are outside of God's will, here's the great promise. God will always meet you where you're at. He will always meet you where you're at. And you'll never make up the lost time. You'll never make up the lost blessings, the lost experiencings of Him. But it's the devil that tells you, hey, just keep staying with them a little bit longer. Chase after them a little bit longer. Pursue a little bit longer. Y'all following with me? That's what we're getting at. Here we go. Good. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. We'll close out there. It's a very, very cool passage. Kind of cutting a little bit short. Uh, chapter 2, we're going to start in verse number 1. It should be a pretty familiar passage. And if you're ever needing, needing help and leading someone to Christ, I, I always say to go here. I think it's better than the Romans road. But... I'll read. All right, take us away with verse number 1. As for you, you were dead and your transgressions and sins. All right, so very, very clear. At the very, very beginning, what does it say? Outside of Christ, it's, it's never changes. You are dead apart from Christ. You are, have no association with Christ whatsoever. You have no desires of Him. You are dead, completely dead. You follow with me on Him. You got me? Dead. Dead, 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 dead. Very, very clear. You got to understand that because it's going to drive home a, a killer point. A killer point. Here we go. Verse number two. Uh, Nikki, you there? In which you previously lived according to the ways of the world. Oh, wait. Oh, that's crazy. That's what we said earlier, right? You previously walked according to the ways of the world. I'm not saying that you should get out of the world and become Amish, but I am saying this. You need to be aware. You need to be aware of the way the world is going, okay? The way the world is going. And the way the world is going is this. Post your best picture of you and your significant other on on Instagram. Don't talk about the sins you do in secret. Put in your bio, 1 Corinthians 13, lust six days out of the week. That's the generation we live in, right? Have any of y'all on Instagram ever just hit the shop button on accident? Y'all ever notice that? On Instagram, where you used to be able to hook, where you can check activity, like to see who likes it, they put the shop button there. Can I tell you, just by hitting that, the things that I've seen just like that, 
and it was by accident, let me tell you something. The devil didn't accidentally design the new app the way it was supposed to be. You ever done accidentally hit that? And I'm like, on top of that, I'm like, what? This is something to buy? <laughs> you know, have, have you ever clicked it? It's, it's unreal. Don't do it. Don't do it. Accidentally then. All right, here we go. Um, so what we're getting at here is walk the course of the world. You've got to be aware of the way the course of the world is going. So when we talk about relationships, what is the way the course of the world looks like? And that's it. Present your best selves together. Don't expose the areas where you fall. Very good. All right, uh, you'll keep reading, finishing that verse for me. According to the ruler of the power of the air, that's the devil. The spirit now working in the disobedient. All right, so there we go. So we talked about following those. Verse number three, close out there. Finish that one two for me. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires. All right, there we go. Fleshly desires, course of the world, ways of the devil. Keep going. Carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Okay, so very very clear. Outside of Christ, we are what? Nothing dead. We follow the course of the world, the lust of the flesh, the ways of the devil. Very very clear. Okay. So if that's what we do naturally, if that's our born desires, why is it you think that you can pick and choose? Who you chase and be in a relationship with. You do realize your best desires is this. If at any point you're thinking outside of God's will, this is the best you can do. And let me tell you something. It says you're dead, you follow the devil, and you follow the course of the world. So that's why I don't understand when someone can tell me, yes, they're not on fire for the Lord. She's not saved, but she'll get there. Then I know the decision that you made was not in God's will. It's kind of like it's right there. Verse number four. This is the part that's amazing. Uh, takes way out. But God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much. Close out there, I promise you. Ah, so long, man, so long. Alright, we'll close out here. So if we know what our desires are outside of God, we need to be weary of where those desires are going to lead us. Okay? No, no, that's fine. So follow with me because this is the closing point. Closing, closing point. So if we know what our desires are outside of Christ, and you are sitting in this room, you are sitting here, and if you got real with yourself, if you didn't think about anyone else, and you just got real, could you point out in your life the people that you have chased, the people you're with, the people that you want to be with, that are simply embedded by your own desires, and God's not in it? Okay? You might be saying, well, yes, James, I have. Because I'm one of those two. I, I, there are times where I chase outside of God's will, okay? Very, very clear. Here's the point I want to drive home for you, and I do not want you all to miss this. It is the best point ever. And, I mean, it's literally the whole Scripture is all tied in this, and it's relationship, salvation, everything ties in together. It's always the same throughout Scripture. It doesn't change. It never does. Here's the part that's amazing. If you're in this room and you've lusted before, you've lost your purity, you've gone places you never should, you're not living right for God, here's the part that's crazy. The devil will think you need to stay there, but here's the part that's amazing. Christ who died on the cross when I was dead in sin, reborn me, gave me new life, gave me a new spirit. If you believe you have messed up and you have lost your purity, if you've lost your boundaries, you've lost your witness, the God who can recreate a dead body into life can recreate the purity and the decency in the Christian life that you want to have through Him if you give it to Him. That's the part that's crazy. The devil tells you you lost it. The devil told you already slipped. God says, I don't care. Woman at the well with five husbands, come here. But the part that's crazy is the woman at the well came with five previous husbands and left a single woman in right fellowship with the Lord and couldn't help but tell everyone what God had done in her life. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4. But God. 
Are you willing to let God work and move in your life? You know what's crazy? God has never denied working in the individual that is willing to give Him glory for their life. God is no respecter of persons. And there is nobody who would want to have a relationship with Christ that can't. And there is nobody who has a relationship with Christ who doesn't want to have it. So if you don't want to live in God's will, keep living the way that you believe is best. But don't blame God when you get the desires of your own heart and not the desires He had for you. You following with me? You have to establish your house before our house. Your significant other should never be at the expense of your witness. Eyes and lusting is the same as actions. Modesty is, is very important. What you attract, what you chase after is your testimony and your witness. Opportunity doesn't always equal God. And the final point is this. God can always recreate, renew, and rebuild. Don't let what yesterday hap- what happened yesterday cause you not to live for the Lord tomorrow. You following with me? Very, very important. When Jesus died on the cross, did He die for all sins? Your lust, your purity, your boundaries are not too big for the blood of Christ. But it is too big if you keep trying to handle it on your own. Does that sound good? Y'all do that thing tonight if y'all don't mind or tomorrow whenever you do and write those things out. Hey, and if you don't want to get real with God, that's fine. Just don't. You know what I'm saying? But I really believe if you just put your stuff down for a little bit and you got real and put down to words. And I'm not sitting there and write down things like, oh, she's got to have brown hair. <laughs> All right? Hey, you know what's crazy? God's going to know what you want when you're 30 better than you know what you want when you're 24. You following with me? So when you write those things down, what type of things are you going to write down? You following with me? What are you going to write down? We'll have uh, Bell, you can choose someone to pray. Who? All right, Billy's going to pray, and then uh, we'll be good to go. Hey, thank you all again. I know the attention was tough. Ah.